I wanna da da da. Oh, cause he's so thick. Who sings that? D4L. Right? Never heard of him. Bro. <laughs> you never heard that song? I've heard the song. I don't know the artist. Sending down for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that the full name or is it D4L? Dick for life. <laughs> <laughs> Is our podcast Murders Per Gallon of Popcorn or MPGP? It's MPGP sometimes. And what does that mean? Murders Per Gallon of Popcorn, not bag. So what's the official title? Murders Per Gallon of Popcorn. Okay. I was like saying it in my head while I was walking from the subway station home and I was like, I'm not going to fuck it up. I'm not going to fuck it up. <laughs> Great practice. I know. It's like an affirmation. Well. So, we're back. Oh, I'm Haley, by the way. And I'm Craig. Um, And you are listening to the Murders Per Gallon of Popcorn podcast. Before we get into our Valentine's Day plans, <laughs> I want to formally apologize to Craig and say... And he's not making me do <laughs> this, I swear. <laughs> I'm sorry for pushing the narrative that the setting for my bloody Valentine was Valentine's Bluff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm still confused over which one it is, but I'm pretty positive that when I looked up the, like, town sign... That flashes in the movie that it's Valentine singular bluffs plural. Yeah, it is. Is that right? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's correct. Um, I don't know why. For some reason, I thought we looked it up during the podcast. I didn't. I thought you looked it up. I don't know. Anyways, I it think doesn't we matter. Got multiple things wrong. Definitely. So you don't need to apologize. <laughs> I know, I said some dumb shit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just very important for our listeners to know that while we are very smart and cultured <laughs> people, <Okay. laughs> we are not experts by any means. Um, so, just say. Okay, so Valentine's Day. Our Valentine's Day was really nice. We drove to... We went upstate. Yeah, we went upstate. Um, to... And that means New York. <laughs> <laughs> we live in New York. New York State. <laughs> um, we went to Newburgh, which is a lovely town up the Hudson, and we stayed in, like, a cute little Airbnb, and we got there, um, I made a delicious vegan cheese board, quick plug, follow at plant-based boards, <laughs> And you will see my cheese board creations. Um, it was so good. Yeah, it was really good. We went, we got, Craig picked up a bunch of fucking cheese from Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> um, we went to Dia Beacon, um, which is this amazing, huge, like, sculpture museum yeah it's uh, like, there's other art there too it's an art museum but it like all of the different spaces are huge mm -hmm. and they like it'll be like a room of sculptures with huge ceilings and like no walls 
and you can just walk around in it, or there will be, like, a giant Richard Serra sculpture and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's unlike any other art museum <laughs> that I've ever been to. Yeah, we, we love that place. That's, like, a kind of special place in our hearts, because that's, <laughs> like, when we were first starting to date, we went up on the train. This was before Craig had the truck up here <laughs> the, truck. <laughs> the truck so we took like a little train up there and it was really nice um so yeah it was nice to revisit there um and then we watched hell night it was a college frat halloween slasher yeah it was like all these frat boys and like pledges dressed up in different halloween costumes being scared in this haunted house that's a good one yeah it was I, good yeah, maybe we we'll talk about it. it sometime yeah it was fun and then the next day um we went to storm king highly we've been to storm king before in like basically the fall highly recommend going there it was like super i mean it's outside it's like this huge outdoor sculpture park um, and it, you know, it's, like, a great way to see art in, like, an open space, um, because we live in the Panini times, so. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've been hearing people call no. it the Panini, okay, I've been hearing I've people call it the Panini times. Yeah, so Storm King, Storm King was very cool. It was, like, covered in snow. I thought it was, like, a really cool way to see these sculptures, we couldn't really, like, go super close because we were both wearing, like, not appropriate snow attire. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have matching boots. <laughs> we have matching Doc Martens. And Doc like, Martin Chelsea's. Chelsea, Chelsea boots. boots, yeah. So, we were both... It's our only boot. <laughs> I don't have any winter clothes. Like, I just have these boots that I found on the sidewalk. <laughs> And then Haley bought them. Yeah, <laughs> but, I bought them for full price. And I found them it. just, like, walking down the street. <laughs> but that, that's, if you're wondering what I'm wearing when I'm out there in the snow, it's the, the Doc Martin Chelsea boot. Mm -hmm. They are not. It was very icy. They're not meant for snow. There was snow in my boot and up my pants leg. <laughs> Guess we should segue. We're going to try to do this every Sunday, I think. Mm -hmm. That just seems like it would make sense, but if it gets overwhelming, we might uh, <laughs> just do it twice a month. Yeah, something like that. Um, but we're trying to give it to y'all every week because I know y'all are itching for us to <laughs> give our... I also <laughs> want to do it every week just so we can get through this franchise of movies mm -hmm. that we're embarking on starting today mm -hmm. just i want to get through it not in like six months yeah. you know what I mean? mm -hmm. um so yeah should we go ahead and say what movie we're doing one <laughs> two, two three. three friday, friday the, the 13th, 13th from 1980 wait I saw a, like, Valentine's card that was trying to mimic that noise. Yeah. And it said, like, ki, 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 ma, ma, ma. 
And I was like, is that what the sound is? I don't know. Wait, maybe I can, like, YouTube the, like, the theme really quick. Don't get us claimed. Oh, fuck. Mm. I don't think it would. <laughs> maybe if I say, like, this is a parody. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I feel yeah, like wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Pull it up and I'll say, okay, I'm going to do my best impression <laughs> and then play it. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's someone. Okay. Anyways, this video was uploaded by Jason Voorhees. Go give it. It literally. Go give him a follow on YouTube. <laughs> At Jason Voorhees account on YouTube with 1.23k subscribers. Two videos. <laughs> Two videos. <laughs> give him a follow. <laughs> that is. Jason uploaded that. His noise. Y'all, he is active is on from YouTube. The, source? <laughs> the original concept for a podcast was to go through um, all of these film franchises, uh, horror film franchises that we like love. Um, and one of them is Friday the 13th, which I never really like. I didn't, like, grow up and watch those movies. I knew about Jason, like, you know, just mm -hmm. through talking with my friends and stuff. But I never actually watched a Friday the 13th movie until we lived together. Like, literally, we moved it together in June. And, like, I think yeah. Halloween time, we started watching them. Yeah, so this is a good opportunity for us to talk about the origin of our podcast, maybe. Yeah. So... We had been want like how where should we start this story? So <laughs> we've just like casually mentioned in the past that we should start a podcast where we talk about movies because we watch so many movies, especially because we're living during COVID nineteen mm -hmm. and like we're inside a lot. We watch a lot of movies and I mean we both love movies. Haley has a film degree. We love movies. Mm -hmm. And we usually watch a bunch of them, and we just, like, banter sometimes during the movie. Yeah. But definitely after, we, like, discuss what we think of movies. So we thought <laughs> we were genius. <laughs> we thought that our banter after movies was so good that we felt like we should share it with other people. Yeah. So you are welcome. <laughs> so we had this idea to start a podcast or we'd like toss the idea around it would be a fun project it would like be a good way to communicate with like our friends and hang out with our friends kind of so also at this like around the same time that i mean i guess we've always said we should start a podcast mm -hmm. but recently we started watching friday the 13th the like in order I don't know what it was I think we just watched like one of them mm -hmm. and then anytime we saw another one was available to stream we did or we would sometimes pay for it or rent it or whatever we would just like watch them but out of order so mm -hmm. I think we watched three and then I think we watched six and yeah. after we watched three and six, I was like, I fucking love these movies. Yeah. I had never seen either of them. I like, if I had, I hadn't paid attention, <laughs> so, which happens a lot. 
So, we watched three, six, and then I think we watched... Four. Four. <laughs> so random. Yeah. But those are like the best ones, kind of. Yeah. And then, uh, then Haley got me this box set mm-hmm. for my birthday, mm-hmm. which was recently. And it's the Scream Factory, like, collector's edition box set of every Friday the 13th movie Blu-ray. And it's so cool. Like, you guys should look it up if, like, maybe you know about it or whatever. But look it up. It's cool. Um, And I was stoked. So we watched. We were like, okay, we're going to fucking review franchise movies. Like, this is our podcast. We're going to watch them in order and talk about them one after another. And that's going to be the way the podcast is. So you can, like, watch us review an entire series and I think that's a good idea and we're still kind of gonna do that Mm -hmm. but Valentine's Day quickly came up and we wanted to or we watched My Bloody Valentine and then we're like we need to release the podcast episode of us as a couple talking about My Bloody Valentine and release it on Valentine's Day and that our podcast could just Mm -hmm. be like slasher movies we like mm-hmm. or like horror movies we want to talk about i mean it's still going to be horror themed yeah but we could do it all we could like talk about r- random movies here and there while also doing a franchise yeah exactly and um you know what as we mentioned last time we did watch friday the 13th part one and uh, we did record a full podcast, but this was sort of before we came up with the structure, we came up with the name of our podcast and all this stuff. So I think like this time around, while it's just a disclaimer, it's been like a little over a month since we've seen this movie, but yeah. so I'm struggling to remember <laughs> a lot of it. Honestly, I've seen it. <laughs> before even Mm -hmm. we watched it the last time but I was probably in high school it was a while ago so yeah um I think it was my second time watching Mm -hmm. it when we watched it together and recorded that first podcast Mm -hmm. and it's been like a month since then so I've forgotten a lot of the movie but I know it yeah Sean Cunningham is the director and like there's a lot of interesting like backstory to this movie that you can kind of just you just like go on the wikipedia page it'll just throw these out at you but one of them said like it was one of the first independent films to be picked up by like a major hollywood studio Mm -hmm. and like given a wide release so i think that's really interesting like this is for all intents and purposes like a first film Mm -hmm. for this director and he was like known more for producing but it's like an indie film, but it features Kevin Bacon and it's yeah. like got a wide release. So I guess it, this movie kind of helped Kevin Bacon like get more popularity, yeah. right? If this, I mean, it was I f- yeah. apparently a success, this movie. So a smash hit. At yeah. least enough to make for all the sequels that come later, you know? It, it's definitely influenced by Halloween, which is talked about a lot. Like, the fact that Halloween came out in 1978, directed by John Carpenter. It's, like, 
kind of presented a slasher killer trope that would go on and be mimicked by you know other franchises and like the one that always comes to mind is Friday the 13th it's like a parallel so you know it's it's definitely somewhat derivative of like movies like Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre but it goes it's it has its own setting I know we talked about the setting a lot with My Bloody Valentine so the fact that a movie can have like a distinct setting can give it an atmosphere and like a vibe Mm -hmm. that I appreciate so I think the camp slasher genre that even came after this movie or like around the same time that camp slashers were a thing so it's set at Camp Crystal Lake um which is in New Jersey, right? That's it's like I don't know, upstate yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, it's definitely in New Jersey. Um and yeah, it's just like this it's gorgeous, like beautiful, huge lake. Um I feel like it's like so I like to give you background for me as probably many of our <laughs> listeners of our family and friends know, like I went to camp. Um I went to Camp Barney, CBM baby in North Georgia. Um, and like we had like two lakes, um, but they were like small man made lakes and they were private, like on the property. Um, but Camp Crystal Lake is one of those like it's like the camps on a giant lake that's like yeah. shared with other things. There's so, like one central body of water. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not like a pond. Yeah. (laughs) It's a big lake. (laughs) The lake is like almost like another character. The lake in the camp. It's like the spirit of this camp is like. Definitely. Especially in like later movies, I think they start to. I think certain directors kind of are more interested in that idea. So think about like the setting and it Mm -hmm. being a camp and how, like, you know, not to get too much into the plot, but like. You know, Friday the 13th, Jason. Jason, <laughs> how Jason is connected to the camp. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, his iconic location. Mm-hmm. The camp is definitely, like, a character. It's all it's n- central to the plot. Thank okay, you. I want to talk about our cast of teens and townspeople. I'm starting in order of appearance. So, in the cold open, we have... Two camp counselors named Barry and Claudette. Then, in quote unquote present day, we have our first character we meet is Annie, who is kind of like a happy go lucky, sort of like ditzy. Oh, yeah, she's a hitchhiker. Yeah, she loves to hitchhike, which <laughs> is, um, you know. Well, she does it <laughs> once, but. <laughs> she would, does it twice! That's enough to be a hitchhiker. Oh, she does do it twice, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm like, girl, you're really fucking taking a gamble. But So she gets to the gas station and then hitchhikes again, right? Yeah. I okay. Honestly, she probably hitchhiked to the gas station, too. Who knows? She's going all <laughs> over the fucking place. Thumbs we, out. Um, she has a wanderlust soul. Yeah. We, she's, we'll say. <laughs> she's a free spirit. Um, then we have... Um, Enos? Enos? Enos. That's a weird name. Enos. 
Enos. Enos. Enos. <laughs> <laughs> he's a truck driver. Um, he's like a Another town... Another character that, like, you don't need to know his yeah. name, but he well, dies, no, he, right? No, he doesn't die. He, oh, no. He's, like, our, he's our, like, backstory vessel, basically, because he gives Annie a ride. Then we have another town local, um, this character is called Crazy Ralph. Um. Official title. Official title is Crazy Ralph. We are not titling him that, um, or he... <laughs> what is that? It's crazy a title and Ralph is the name. <laughs> <laughs> he is sort of. He's okay. a warning. He's a warning man. He uh, is on the like that place has a death curse. He makes like really wild. Low key, Ralph is kind of an interesting character because he like you don't really get the. Is, as far as I've seen, you don't really get to know why he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like if there's, because he seems obsessed with the Crystal Lake murders. Yeah. Which happened in the cold open. He seems like he knows, like he's clairvoyant or something. Mm-hmm. He's like warning them, like there's something he knows that everyone else doesn't. Like he knows the killer is yeah. still there, and if you open it, like <laughs> if you open the camp there, then you're gonna you're get killed. Die. Like he warns everyone. It's like a bad place. And everyone's so, just like, he's, he's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> but I'm like, what happened to you, Ralph? Then we meet our teens, the rest of the teens. Um, we have Ned Rubenstein, Jack Burl, who is... Um, Burl. Burl. <laughs> who is Kevin... Not Kevin... I was about Kevin to say Bacon. Kevin yeah. Kevin Bacon. Baconator. What is the... That seven degrees of Kevin, of Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Oh yeah, uh, that is a thing. That everyone in the fucking like movie industry is like somehow related to Kevin Bacon by seven degrees or of separation or yeah. some shit. <laughs> so yeah. Then we got Bill Brown, Marcy Cunningham, Brenda Jones, and Alice Hardy, along with the camp owner Steve Christie. Oh, and then there's also, like, a policeman. There's Sergeant Tierney. And then I'm not going to tell you the final... Well, the final two characters, I will not tell you. So, now that we know our cast of teens, I'm going to go into a short synopsis, which will be kind of paraphrasing. So, the movie starts in 1958 at Camp Crystal Lake. Um, there, it starts with, like, kind of, like, a fire circle in a cabin, like, living room situation. It totally looks like some fucking, like, Christian white people yeah, shit. It's, it's, like, it's very they're seeing kumbaya in a fucking circle <laughs> in a cabin. Um, Bowl and- cuts. <laughs> look like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> so, obviously, this makes our first two characters, Barry Jackson and Claudette Hayes, <laughs> very horny because they go upstairs they exchange a like knowing glance yeah. that I liked <laughs> they, they were like we're doing this shit it's the last night of camp let's fuck um, so they go upstairs and um, you know they're kind of like rolling around on the floor and then we kind of go into a point of view shot of the killer and 
Barry kind of, like, gets up and is like, oh, sorry, like, we weren't really doing anything, like, we're just playing around, and then he gets stabbed in the stomach, and then, um, Claudette... Off screen. Off screen, it's like a, <laughs> like a, like a, a gut Stabbed punch. in the gut, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then Claudette, um, gets killed but like we don't really see that it's kind of like one of those like it gets like she really screams. yeah she screams slow it's motion, like slow and, motion. She screams. Mm-hmm. and then it fades to white and then the whole screen's white and then in 3d letters comes in friday the 13th <laughs> 22 years later um our girl annie is she appears at the bus stop in this like town small town and she goes to like a little diner and she's like me i need to go to camp crystal lake who can drive me basically and everyone's like what the fuck like you do not want to go there and um basically um this one dude enos anus (laughs) um enos is like yo you probably don't want to go there because like it's kind of fucked up there and she's like no i do and then crazy ralph (laughs) comes up to him or comes up to them and it's like that camp is cursed like don't go there and they kind of like he's like fuck off ralph basically and then they start driving and enos like does a whole backstory about um how a young boy drowned in Camp Chris or at Camp Crystal Lake in 1957, and then um, a year later, two counselors were killed. So after she gets dropped off, she hitches a ride from another person. We do not see this person, and she's just like talking their ear off, like. <laughs> She's like, I love camp. Like, I'm so excited. Like, I'm chasing my dreams by working at this summer camp. And basically, the driver's, like, speeding up. Like, she she can tell that shit is kind of, like, getting sketchy. So she, like, is like, stop. Can you stop driving super fast? Blah, blah, blah. Um, And she, she barrel rolls out of the car. And there's a chase scene in the woods. And we get our first, well, I guess third death, um, but the first really gnarly one. Yeah, um, it's fucking crazy. She gets her throat slashed, and you see it, y'all. Yeah, it, it is. Apparently, in the uncut version that we watched, it's, like, longer, but it was, they, like, stayed on that shot of her with her throat slit for a long time, and it was, like... It made it pretty scary. Yeah. It was really... Yeah, it was... It was fucked up. Not for the faint of heart. So, at the camp, um, all of our teens are chilling, getting ready to, like, have camp. They're refurbishing cabins, etc. It's like, um, when I went to camp, it's like, uh, when I was working at the camp, we had this thing called pre-camp. <laughs> 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 where you know that's we like just... the little bit that comes out first <laughs> but yeah basically <laughs> welcome to pre-camp 
they're they're just getting ready for to have fucking kids there. It's like the first time in twenty something years that they're having camp. So they're there's they're clearing lots of wasp nests and all that fucking shit. So like, did you you can really relate to this movie then? Yeah. This so you is... like fully went to pre camp like these kid these aren't kids. These, I want to Teens. reiterate these are not. <laughs> These are not the kids at camp. These are the guardian kids or older kids or counselors, if you will. In this hierarchy, they are the they are the rulers Mm -hmm. of this camp. So, so yeah. They're, yeah, they're getting ready for camp. Um, there is a scene where they're, like, clearing out a cabin, and a fucking snake That's comes what I out. Mean. Yeah. A snake comes out, and, like, I don't know if y'all are familiar with snakes, but, like, um, <laughs> they, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> they are real. They exist. I don't know if you know this, but snakes are real things, and I know that some of y'all may not have seen them, they but goes... they're real. They slither around. Um, slither. So, <laughs> but, okay, this specific type of snake, like, and I, like, am just going to flex on some weird snake knowledge that I picked oh, up wow. at camp, um, which is, it's like, okay, so the snake was, like, a long black snake, and I think those are called... It, it's a rat snake. Rat snakes are not, like, they're not going to kill you if they bite you. They're, like, pretty much harmless. They're just big. So this long rat snake is in the cabin, and the teens, like, freak the fuck out, and they annihilate this real snake. Like, they literally kill a snake in this movie. So... Yeah, it's not... For us being vegan, we... End up watching a lot of movies with uh, animal, <laughs> animal death, <laughs> but I guess that's just like what low budget movies were like in the eighties. Yeah. Don't know. Um. Basically, uh, I know they go to the lake at one point. Um. They're just kind of swimming around. They're fucking around, and then there is a storm a brewing. Um. And our character. Okay. So Steve the, like, kind of camp owner, camp director, leaves the camp to get supplies. Um, Ned, um, who I would say is, like, the goofball, because I think he has, like, I think he's the one that, like, fucks around in the lake and is, like, pretending to be dead. Um, oh, yeah. So, he's a douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> he's a douche. But, so, um, Ned, like, sees someone walk into a cabin and he follows them. Then, um, Jack and Marcy, Jack is Kevin Bacon, go to have sex in one of the cabin's bunk beds, and I just want to sidebar, um, that the bunk beds are very, like, low. Like, if you were walking, you could see the top bunk, okay? So, like, I just want to point this out, because it's, like... (laughs) I You're don't so understand. I, it it bothers me so much. Camp I men- I mentioned this in the other podcast. As Marcy and Jack are having sex, it's revealed that Ned's body is right above them, 
And this is why <laughs> I'm up. like, okay, yeah, it's really fucked up and it's a great body reveal. Ned's body is above them. His throat has been slit. They're fully fucking and their friend is dead above them. <laughs> which is honestly um, super disturbing, but I still stand by the fact that they would, if they fucking walked in to the room, y'all will see for yourself if you watch this movie, those bunks are definitely, like, lower than your, like, than your eye line, so you would be able to see that, but whatever. I understand it's just a movie. I don't know why I'm so fucking annoyed by it, but Marcy, um, goes to the bathroom, and while she's there, Jack's throat is pierced with an arrow from beneath the bed. Then, Marcy, um, is, the killer follows Marcy into the bathroom, and, uh, axes her face <laughs> then, that, i love that kill yeah we'll oh. talk we'll we'll deep dive into the kills a little bit later but and for now i'm just blazing you are blazing you're blazing i'm blazing through. through now i'm not glazing through i'm blazing through a handful of our teens are playing monopoly this isn't in the wikipedia synopsis but I remember they're all playing Monopoly, and then they're kind of like, okay, I'm tired and bored. Oh, they're playing Strip Monopoly. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I fucking hate Monopoly. I haven't played it in such a long time. I hate that game. Anytime I've ever tried to play that board game, nightmare. It's also, (laughs) like, a fucked up game. It's a capitalist game. My favorite, okay, my favorite thing about Monopoly are the but little... But fuck Monopoly, Okay, but, but listen. But... The little, the little pieces that you get to play with. Yeah, those, those are, are cool. Those are fucking cool. But the Settlers of Catan ones are cooler, let's be real. I've never played that. Settlers of Catan is like, it's like the communist Monopoly. <laughs> I would honestly, that's genius. It's a communist <laughs> Monopoly. Chef's kiss. I've never played that. I'm open to it though. I have a lot of friends that like it. Shouts out to Nathan. You know, they all are like, okay, it's time for bed because we're playing this boring ass game and even getting fucking naked doesn't make it even doesn't make it better. Um Strip Monopoly. Strip Monopoly. So dumb. Sounds horrible. So Brenda, um, who okay, I wanna note this, like when they, when the kids first get, or when the teens first get to the camp, um, there's like a scene where Ned, the goofball, like fucks with Brenda in the archery range, and he like basically, I don't remember if he like, sh- I think he shoots around her. He like shoots like right next to her, and to she like kind of yeah to scare her. So scare that's like a l- yeah, it's a little bit of a jump scare. So I just want to note this because Brenda. It, like, she's getting ready for bed, and she hears, like, a voice calling for help. So, she, like, goes out. By the way, it's, like, I mentioned that a storm was coming. It's, like, fully storming. So, she's, like, out in the rain. She's, like, trying to find the source of this voice. And she ends up back at the archery range. And all the lights in the archery range come on. And then it cuts out. So we don't see what happens to Brenda. Oh, I think Steve's car runs down and he gets he gets a ride from um, the cop. And they have a conversation about Friday the 13th. And 
sort of like luck and stuff. So they're like oh, yeah. not into it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah, he's with a cop. And, like, of course, the movie's called Friday the 13th. I feel like it's not explored enough that, you know, Friday the 13th is the date that's pretty significant. And the date deals with bad luck. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a negative thing. It's like bad shit is going to happen on Friday the 13th. Yeah. And it's your unlucky day. 13 is an unlucky number. So I'm glad that there is a scene where someone talks about that concept like wow there's fucking murders going on today (laughs) or like yeah and what yeah and what makes that scene really cool is that um the police like they have this full conversation about luck and shit and like the policeman is like driving him to camp like he could have driven with steve and that would be help you know like he could have driven up and would be able to help all of these teens. Um, But what happens is um, the policeman gets called in. Over the radio. Over the radio, and there's a car accident, so he has to drop off Steve. Like, and he's like, sorry, can you walk the rest of the way? And Steve's like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. So we're like, as the viewer, we're like, holy fuck, that's really shitty luck right after this conversation about luck. So it's just, like, kind of interesting. And you know that Steve is absolutely fucked as soon as he steps out of the cop car. Um, <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so he approaches the camp, and um, he sees the killer, and he recognizes the killer. He's like, hey, what are you doing out here? Like, friendly, like, not surprised or scared or anything yeah um and he gets stabbed so in response so alice and bill are the two teens left at the camp um they are starting to like kind of worry about their friends and when they go to investigate they find an axe in brenda's bed and the phone is disconnected and ned's truck is inoperable so the killer definitely fucks some shit up Um, then the power goes out, so Bill, uh, you know, makes the fatal error to go check the generator. Um, so then we have, like, the really cool scene where Alice is making coffee, and it's really long and and quiet. It's raining outside. And it's a really long and quiet scene, and, like, I absolutely love this scene because, like, you can really see, you can feel the anxiety build like it's very subtle and just like she looks anxious mm -hmm. this is the scene that's like this is totally an independent film because that scene it just seems like such a filmmaker scene or something like let's show something where nothing's happening Mm -hmm. but so much is happening in the fucking character's mind it's sick she's like just fucking stressed so she's like I'm gonna just go out and look for Bill and she goes out in the rain and like a poncho oh yeah and her iconic look poncho yellow poncho Mm -hmm. I think so Mm -hmm. so she goes out and she finds Bill's body pinned with arrows 
to the I didn't realize how big just a sidebar I didn't realize how big of a role arrows played in the first movie because I feel like most of the kills happen with arrows so that's something interesting to note because I feel like when you think of Friday the 13th you think of machetes basically yeah um so blah 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 anyways um so she's like stressed as fuck uh obviously she sees her friend's dead body she runs back in, goes into full-on survival mode. She like This is when she proves herself as like the final girl mm-hmm. because she totally like jumps into action. She goes in immediately with a plan. You know, like I don't really like Alice as a final girl necessarily. She's not my favorite. She's kind of boring. But she does like do what you want her to do Mm -hmm. to survive. Yeah, she, like, barricades the door with this, like, weird, like, rope thing. She, like, ties an, like, elaborate series of ropes. Like, I wouldn't be able to do that, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would not think... I don't think, honestly, like... I'd like to think I was the final girl, but I don't think I would be the final girl. I'd be, like, cracking a joke and get killed. Yeah, Craig would would be the goofball and gives the first kill. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry. But you're right. That's the sad thing. Um, So... You know, she's she is so stressed and traumatized. And then all of a sudden, Brenda's body is thrown through the fucking kitchen window. And she's like, what <laughs> so the fuck? So dramatic. So then she undoes all of the fucking rope shit. And she like, I think she hears a car. So that's why she's like undoing all this stuff. Because she thinks that Steve is back. So the vehicle pulls up and Alice like rushes outside and she is greeted by Mrs. Voorhees, who is a middle-aged woman who is claims to be an old friend of Steve and his family. Alice is, like, freaking the fuck out because she's witnessed, like, all of her friends dying. And Pamela's like, oh, no, calm down. Like, it's okay. Like, let's just, like, go look. Whatever. And they go inside and... um you know, Pamela sees the body of Brenda, and she's like, oh, man, like, she's so young, like, so much potential, so sad, and then she starts kind of going in this sort of, like, monologue where she reveals that she had a son that attended camp, and he, um, drowned because the counselors were not paying attention to him and he couldn't swim and I think she reveals that she like worked at the camp and that Jason like oh her son's name is Jason um so she's talking about this and we kind of like start to see that she um is not necessarily here to help Alice it's sort of revealed, not sort of, it is revealed that um, she is a killer. <laughs> she just... I mean, I th- I honestly think it would have been, if this happened to me, mm-hmm. and I was like, Alice, I would think that she was the killer immediately. I would be immediately not very trusting of someone who's appearing that I don't know after all my friends were murdered. 
This is true, Especially, but what... Especially, like... Did they know at all of the murders that took place? Or I is mean, the only person who knew of the murder... Annie. Was Annie that got killed yeah. by... In, after, yeah, I don't know arriving. why Steve doesn't say anything. But, no, what... This is the thing. This is, like, the thing that... I guess, like, as a woman, like... I'm, like... If I was going through this shit and I see, like, You're an right. old... It's, like, you... This is why Pamela Voorhees is such an interesting villain and such an interesting killer because she literally looks... She's in a fucking cute-ass sweater. Blue, she is... Baby blue sweater. She's... you. She is, like, the epitome of non-threatening. If you saw this person, you'd be like, I need to help you, like... Get the fuck out of here, lady. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Turns out she's she's capable of murdering many, many people with ease. And throwing Brenda through the fucking window. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So, basically... Um, but she... The second she's on screen, the way it's shot... It's just, like, her face is, like, just being hit with light. And it's just, like, a close-up shot of her face... And her eyes are like so bright and big, and it's and she's talking in this like creepy nice voice, mm-hmm. and it's just like this is some Sus. wild <laughs> acting. Is yeah, what I just think about that. That's like an iconic performance, you know. What ensues after it is revealed that Mrs. Voorhees was the killer all along is. A fight, like, she obviously attempts to kill Alice, um, but Alice, like, knocks her out. And then they just, like, there's, like, a bunch of, I feel like this happens, like, two to three times throughout the game. Yeah, they're just, she gets like, knocked down, runs away, comes back, mm-hmm. like, knocked down, yeah. runs away. Until they go to the shore of Crystal Lake, and Alice finds an axe... Was it an axe or was it a machete? I think it was a machete. Ooh. That's actually good to note because maybe that's I think she, why... like, picks it up like it's really heavy and lobs it at Pamela. Mm-hmm. And we see <clears throat> this, like, very slow motion shot of Alice approaching Pamela with this machete. And... We see Pamela, like, scream. And then Alice chops off her head. And it's fucking epic. <laughs> yeah, the the head getting chopped off is so gnarly. Like, yeah. you can see the bone and shit. It, like, gets lobbed off and it shows, like, the, like, gore of the inside of a mm. head or neck or whatever. Yeah. and then, Great yeah. Uh, special effects makeup by Tom Savini, by mm-hmm. the way. Pretty notable... Um, for the series, I think, because he's done other, well, he did four as well, mm. and four is, like, classic, too. Yeah. Great gore when it's there in this movie. But after, um, Alice kills Pamela, she goes in a canoe. This is an interesting choice that I probably would not do, but, um, Alice goes in a canoe without a paddle, and uh, takes a little nap, and then... 
She's just so exhausted. She just needs to sleep in the middle of the lake on a boat. Yeah, it's it's a choice. Um, so the next morning, she wakes up. There's a gorgeous shot of her in the canoe. It's very peaceful. We see two policemen approaching the beach. There's serene music playing. And Alice looks up, smiling. And then we get one last jump scare it is jason jumping out from the fucking lake jason pamela's son who was drowned or like drowned while being neglected at camp that started this whole thing in the revenge cycle Mm -hmm. comes back and pulls her under from the canoe but then she wakes up and that was all a dream or was it but then (laughs) she says what about the boy? What's the where's the boy? And the p- cops like, "Ma'am, we didn't see any boy." And then, and then that's the end, right? And then she goes, "He's then. still out there." Yeah. <laughs> the line literally is, "Then he's still there." And then it freezes on her face, and then the credits <clears throat> roll. We and as we all know. Jason would go on to be the star of the Mm -hmm. franchise of Friday the 13th. He would have a few iconic looks, Mm -hmm. you know, potentially be a zombie. He might go to space. He might go to hell. He might go to Manhattan. Who the fuck knows? (laughs) I think Jason in this movie, it was like a dream. I think, honestly, I thought about this and I think that that, like, if you take this movie as a singular thing, that was a dream. Yeah. She woke up and that was a dream. Yeah. Because I don't it, think yeah. that really happened. Yeah. Because there's no... Well, first off, it's been... 20 22 years, years yeah. since he was a child. But he was a child when he came up out of the water, mm-hmm. or seemingly. Mm-hmm. So I, I take that as a dream. So they kind of retcon that. Like... They go back on the continuity mm. with the sequel. They've, like, filled in the blanks and stuff, but I think originally, like, that's a dream. Tom Savini was the one that... So, the original ending was just supposed to be Alice on the Lake, and that was it. That was what was written in the script, and Tom Savini was like, nah, we gotta have one more jump scare, so let's, like, include Jason, which has, like, great... I think it's, like... Very fitting that um, this, like, iconic makeup special effects artist was like, yeah, like, let's fucking throw Jason in there because, like, he looks fucking great. It's great fucking special effects. I think think he looks I love Tom Savini to death. I love his work and stuff. And it's a good character design, but I wish the body... I wish yeah, he was a man. I feel like, like, I feel like the body should sense. match the color of the head, the prosthetics. On the mm, head. Yeah. He's kind of pink. <laughs> He's like, the actor playing Jason in this scene is pretty pink. Mm. And the head is like beige. <laughs> I swear to God, it's like well, beige he's like and like a moss fleshy, He's a fleshy monster, I guess. And I don't think there was, there wasn't really supposed to be, like... This is the thing, like, with the ending of Friday the 13th Part 1, like, I don't think they were thinking of this becoming this smash hit and having all these sequels and 
I think as we watch more movies, like, I hear that, like, they try to go back and explain the continuity and stuff. Like, I... Yeah, they do. I think, um, like, if you I totally... Watch, okay, yeah. if you watch the second movie, which you guys all should watch the second movie, because we're going to be doing it next. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if you watch the second movie, there is a campfire scene where they tell the tell the tale of Jason and, like, Pamela Voorhees and the, the lake's history. Mm-hmm. And that basically has been taken to be Jason's official origin story on, like, most sites that I've read about, like, so what is the word on what the canon is? It's, like, that myth, campfire myth, is, like, taken to be the reality. Because what they say in the campfire myth is that he didn't actually drown. He survived in the woods on his own, killing animals and, like, gathering supplies, Mm -hmm. living in a shack, and that he would kill again. See, that's what I I think, but, okay. That's how they, like, retconned it. Yeah, that's how they did it. I think, like, that's kind of what I want to go, like, go with, because, but the only, like, hole in that is just that, I just wish they made him, like, a man-sized monster. Yeah, he would have at least been, it's... like, 36 or something, yeah. right? Yeah, In mid-30s. like, yeah. So... It was 22 years later, and he was probably, like, 14. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? This movie, I think that's... I'm still... I feel like I'm more bothered by the bunk beds than I am by <laughs> how tiny Jason is in the last scene. So, let's go through, so, you know, the podcast is called Murders Per Gallon of Popcorn, so we would be remiss to not discuss the murders and which one... Is this going to be the (laughs) thing we say every time? It's going to be the thing. I thought there was 11 total kills, but maybe I miscounted. I think the 11th kill is the snake. Okay. And there's 10, other than that, if you count Pamela Voorhees killing. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's just go through them. Um, in the cold open, Barry gets stabbed in the stomach. Claudette gets killed, but we don't really see her death. Annie um, is gets the gnarliest throat slit. I feel like I've maybe... <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty it's good. It's pretty good because it's not like they don't overdo it with the spewing blood. Mm-hmm. It just kind of seems to like it looks so slice real. open and then just Ooh. like pour down. It's, it's so disgusting. Nasty. It's so nasty. Um, Ned dies off screen but I like the way that they revealed that he was dead where it's literally like his fucking friends are having sex and his body's right above Oh well them. yeah. The So after Kevin or Right before Kevin Bacon's death, he notices the blood mm. of Ned's body dripping on his forehead, mm-hmm. which I don't even know if we mentioned that, but... Yeah, I don't think we did He gets blood dripped on him, and he, like, touches it and looks at it, and then that's when he realizes, and that's when the arrow goes through the bed and through his neck. Um, Marcy is hacked in the head by an axe in the bathroom. She's, like, taking a shower yeah, she's, like, kind of, it's sad, because I kind of liked Marcy, like, she's kind of, like, feeling herself, she's like, yeah, just, like, 
fucked Kevin Bacon, like, I'm hot, shit, whatever, and then, <laughs> and like... And then lobbed into the head with an axe. Yeah. That's... Tough God. stuff for Marcy. I would say the, like, biggest showcase of Tom Savini's special effects in this movie, if you're looking for good special effects, are Pamela Voorhees getting her head chopped off and this scene. This scene is a lot of gore, and it's, mm-hmm. like, pretty graphic. Yeah. Um, then we get Brenda, who, um, is tricked going into the archery range, um, but she's killed off screen, but she has a pretty, I mean, her body flying through the window is, like, a pretty big jump scare that I didn't expect. Her body's, like, tied up. Yeah. Too, in rope and thrown, so I'm like, where, how'd the rope come into play? Yeah, I don't, and maybe that's the only way that Pamela could really get she is a very small one. How does Pamela do all the shit? Whatever. She's possessed with she like is... the strength of revenge yeah. and bloodthirst. Yeah. So then we have Steve, the camp owner, um, who gets stabbed in the stomach. Kind of boring. Bill is also killed off screen and his body is pinned to the door by arrows. And then our final kill... Mrs. Voorhees is decapitated by our final girl, Alice. And those are the kills. Well, there's also the snake. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. I forgot about our king. Honestly, like, I'm gonna... You're on vegan edge watch if you don't make (laughs) the snake kill your best kill. Or, like, most intense kill. Actually, the snake watch isn't a good kill because it's a real snake. Yeah, and it's fucked, fucked up. up. It's it's definitely the most intense kill because it's like a literal murder of a snake of an animal that's living. So Yeah, it's it's the <laughs> worst kill. So that's the worst one, I guess. We do not advocate for actual yeah. death. This is this is fake. Yeah. We like to see fake death. Yeah. Not, not real death. That's fucked up. Yeah. Fuck real death. <laughs> Fuck real murders. So, <laughs> so what was your favorite kill? Honestly, it's gotta be the... Even though it's, like, kind of not that eventful, it's just so gruesome, is the axe to the face in the bathroom mm. kill. I think that's my favorite. Mm. <clears throat> A close second is gonna be um, Kevin Bacon right before that. Those are not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, I also... I take that back, maybe. I like the throat-slitting one. Maybe throat-slitting above Kevin Bacon, but I like the addicts. Yeah. I think my favorite is the throat-slitting one, followed by... I have, like, such a fucking thing about my neck because I've had like surgery on my neck and like so when I see like shit with the neck I get really fucking grossed out and like really just like ugh. um so her like Annie's death was like my first one because it's fucking yeah that's a really it's good so one. good um and then my second is um Jack Kevin Bacon um, because it's, like, the same thing. You literally see the arrow go through his throat. Yeah, like the um, skin bulge. Ugh. Um, and then I'm gonna say, I mean, I did like the axe hack, but, um, I'm gonna say my third is Mrs. Voorhees getting decapitated just because it was... I will say... It's iconic. My 
favorite part about that kill isn't like how she was killed or like the special effects of it because it's kind of like it's it looks good the effects look amazing but the slow motion mm. rolling away of the head is kind of cheesy cheesy but the slow motion her lunging at pamela like growling almost and slicing her head off that slow-mo is awesome and that becomes like a trope of the yeah. series like the slow motion kill mm-hmm. or like attempt yeah <laughs> and i honestly feel like that scene gets like kind of replayed in later oh yeah it does like in the recaps basically Mm -hmm. that are at the start yeah they have a lot of recaps like i think that's like a big thing for this series is like they're like just so you know this happened last time it's like kind of like watching like previously on (laughs) but it's cool i like it i mean especially for us like because i feel like we uh, have a hard time remembering something. Well, we just watch so many movies, yeah. and I don't know, like, uh, we just watch too many movies mm-hmm. to remember all the plots, and, like, we watch them one time. Yeah. We're probably, like, chatting or... Yeah, you know. You know how it is, guys, you guys, right? You, it is. you guys know how it is. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's good. Um, Shall we give... Okay, what do we want our little, like, rating thing to be? I think it should be either um, an adorable blue sweater <laughs> or arrows because I feel like that's the primary murder weapon of Pamela. What do you think, though? Yeah, I, I guess it should be the blue sweater. That's kind of funny. Know, I like the blue sweater. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I would give this, um, I think, I really love this movie, so I'm gonna give this, out of five powder blue adorable sweaters, I'm gonna give this four and a half, but the top half of the sweater, so you can wear it kind of as, like, a crop top that, like, shows the bottom of your boobs, basically. (laughs) What would you rate this? I want to give it two different ratings. (laughs) I want to give it a Mm. rating as its own movie. And then I want to give it a rating as a Friday the 13th movie. That's a good good thought. Or like in the series. Because I'm always kind of disappointed by this movie. Because it doesn't have Jason as like the killer. Mm -hmm. And it has a different vibe. It's kind of like a mystery more like grounded in reality like giallo type Mm -hmm. mystery thriller you know murder Mm -hmm. movie yeah it's definitely brutal and it's definitely a slasher but it's still got that element of mystery and that you don't know what like who the killer is until the last scenes of the movie so as a as its own movie i would give this like yeah four and a half four four and a half or whatever you know like pretty high as a friday the 13th movie i think this only gets like a three powder blue sweaters out mm. of five that's fair though because, because okay. I, I would put a lot of the friday the 13th movies above it is yeah. what i'm saying so maybe a combined score four powder blue sweaters out of five how about we do that yeah 
I think not that's to make fair. this too complicated. I think but, <laughs> but it's a good movie, but in a different way than yeah. the other ones are good movies. Yeah, I mean, when you like, this is my thing. Like, sh- I'm just gonna go into final thoughts. Yeah, let's yeah let's give our in depth yeah. final thoughts. So this is my thing with this movie. Um, I wish, honestly, like. If I could time travel, basically, before knowing Jason and the Friday the 13th franchise, and I could watch this movie for the first time in 1980 in the fucking theaters and be completely blindsided by the fact that the first movie, the mom is the killer. That's like such, it's such a good twist Because, again, like I said earlier, like, you do not expect this, like, old, sweet woman to be capable of of the fuck, of fucking bodying every single teen that steps foot in Camp Crystal Lake. Like, you just don't expect it. That's a great point. It's, uh, it's, they kind of trick you into believing it's a man. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even, the like, we talked about this, like, in the first time we tried to record this podcast, where, like, the cover art is literally, like, the outline of a man, like... Yeah, it's pretty masculine appearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, I just, like, I really, like, love, I love the idea of just, like, looking at it on its own, like, love the idea of this mom, like, powered by vengeance, and just sort of, like dismissing like i feel like it's just like dismissing like normal like maternal like when you look at like an a mother you don't think that they could be capable of this and so it's just like really fucking cool to like see a character that is so driven by like loss and vengeance that she's capable of killing um But, in terms of, like, Friday the 13th, you know, it's like, when you want to watch a Friday the 13th movie, usually you're in the mood to watch Jason in a hockey mask hack up teens. So, you know, I guess, like, if you're in the mood to see Jason, you know, that's totally fair. This is not the movie to see Jason killing killing teens but it is a great movie and i honestly highly suggest if you've never watched any friday the 13th movies to just fucking watch them in order just do it yeah fuck it that's, that's good advice i think watch them in order and i would say yeah you're in for like six good movies mm-hmm. well <laughs> five great movies and five you might hate or you might love it yeah i obviously like like this movie a lot but it's not my favorite friday the 13th movie it's not my favorite horror movie but it's still like a classic it's fucking it's great it's cool it's a little tame by today's standards and like what i think of in terms of friday the 13th movies there's like less nudity it's less dramatic with the performances and the kills and like what you see on screen. So those are 
kind of cons for me. But if I was just in the mood for watching, like, you know, sometimes you're just in the mood to watch the classic movie, like, or the original, like, let me just watch, like, the original Friday the 13th, it's been a while, Mm -hmm. or something, (laughs) like, (laughs) but usually I'm more like, let's see Jason, nudity, camp atmosphere and lots of killing yeah so that by that scale because they're fun the friday the 13th movies are fun as fuck yeah like, they're really fun movies mm-hmm. um there's though a lot of great stuff about this movie that's like unique to this one i like that there is the element of mystery and not having the killer revealed to you or like you can't really assume who the killer is but, you know, like in the other Friday the 13th movies, it's not necessarily revealed that it's Jason right away. But some of them, yes. But it's like assumed, knowing the knowing the, yeah. history of the mm-hmm. movies. <clears throat> so, I like that it's a mystery. I like that she has a motive. It's not just like aimlessly killing. She is trying to like get revenge for this injustice that and and she's like trying to make sure it doesn't happen again so to speak the special effects by tom savini are great obviously like the iconic theme with the (laughs) is it it I always thought it was like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I feel like that's, I don't <laughs> Anyways, I love that. <laughs> Honestly, that's like, I don't know. That might be better than the Halloween one for me. Mm. I might like that I mean, one better. Yeah. It's like ASMR, honestly. There's some very cinematic shots. I remember specifically two. My two favorite being, um... One of the male campers or camp counselors out on the water in a canoe, like just in the water by himself. Do you know which counselor that is? I think that's Ned. Is it the one that's fucking around in the in the water? Yeah, like a, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. or maybe yeah, maybe there's a female camp counselor in the boat and Ned comes up mm-hmm. from the water or something. But anyways, it's like an isolated shot of the water surrounding this one boat in the water and it's like the ripples of the dark water it's really beautiful i love that shot and i love the one it's a pov shot of the killer in the woods looking at the house and it's raining and you just see these frames that are the windows and like the light on in the house and her moving around like making coffee in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and it's completely dark except for rain and like you know subtle like Caravaggio (laughs) (laughs) lighting (laughs) yeah so the it's it's a pretty movie I think it's prettier and more cinematic than some of the later movies there's some good performances Kevin Bacon is in it so it's cool yeah it's great but not my favorite friday the 13th movie well i think that's about it y'all um thank you for 
you know, tuning in to our second ever episode of the MPGP Murders Per Gallon of Popcorn podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you've listened this far into the podcast, I appreciate it when people listen all the way. Yeah. It feels nice to do. <laughs> feels good, man. Um, yeah, uh, I don't... It would be cool to be able to, like, interact with people that listen to the podcast more, mm-hmm. so... I don't know if you want to leave a comment or something on the YouTube video, you could do that. Oh, also, yeah. like, let us know if we should like upload this other places like mm-hmm. where would you like to see the podcast uploaded we're pretty new to this so yeah just like give us some feedback on what you think of the podcast where it should be you know yeah you could even suggest movies you'd want us to watch oh, one day or mm, you could yes. tell us what you think of the uh movie we're reviewing yeah we would love to hear from y'all so um yeah, uh, right now our podcast is just on Spotify and YouTube. Um, so, you know, that's pretty, I feel like that's pretty chill. If you if you have Spotify, um, please follow us so that you can be tuned in to whenever we drop a new episode. Um, and yeah, I think the goal is to get it on Apple Music or not Apple Music. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Help if us. interest. We're, we're really, like, we're not good at tech stuff. So also, sorry if you hear our roommates in the background. But, um... Also, that roommate you hear in the background, maybe, that's Jordan Summer. She did the artwork for our previous yes. episode. And I think it turned out pretty sick. Yeah. And please, um, you know, if you like her art, uh, she also does cross-stitching and she does amazing drawings of cakes and follower at jordan summer yeah so yeah basically thank you we're gonna wrap up um we love you (laughs) (laughs) thank you thanks bye y'all bye